Good evening, everybody. Today is August the 9th, 2018, and we're here tonight with Carrie. Carrie has uh, developed or discovered a way to help people in trouble with the IRS to get a tax court judgment, basically relieving them of all their uh, their problems, so to speak. So, Carrie, do you have anything for us tonight? I do. Tell us. Well, okay. Um, I don't want nobody. Okay, I don't want anybody to get upset about this, but I got a story to tell you. Well, I'm upset already. Okay. I just hope it's. I just hope it's not about prostitutes. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, hold on, hold on. If we're gonna speak, it's good. You gotta hit star two to raise your hand. Otherwise, um, we won't call on you. So, Carrie, go ahead. Okay. What they're doing to us? We're getting a lot of funny things from the court because they don't like what we're doing. So what they're saying is. They're telling you to do stuff that you don't have to do so that they can try to make you misunderstand it. Now, I'm going to spell a word. I want you to tell me if you know what the word is. Then we're going to try to talk about it, and I'm going to tie it into the rest of tonight. Okay, what happened was I was asked by somebody if if they knew what S-H-I-T means. Does anybody know what that spells? I think so. Okay, well, what do you think? Uh, I think it's an acronym that stands for something. It is. The lady that said she knows, do you know what it means? Tell me. No, I thought it was the wrong word, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what they're doing to us, okay? Now... Here's what it stands for. Ship, I, in, transit. Now, here's what it did. Back in the early 1700s, late 1700s, something like that, people didn't have running water. They had what they call a smudge pot. They would go to the bathroom in this bucket take it outside in the morning and dump it in the dumpster. A horse pulled buggy would come by and sh- shovel uh, manure out of the, um, the um, dumpster into the horse pulled buggy, take it and then shovel it onto a ship, go way out into the sea and then shovel it over the side. Well, it was such a horrible job they used to wear a mask, and they would all smoke cigars. The cigar smoke would help help them from getting sick from the smell. Well, one day, one day they were out there. They were smoking their cigars, and methane gas exploded, and the ship sank, and they lost all the crew. So what they did is they redesigned the ship. And so what they did is they, they shoveled it onto shelves on the top of the ship, and it was ship high in transit. So 
We think it means one thing, but it completely means something else. That's what they're doing to us. And they're telling us something, we're doing it, and because we do it, we end up paying the price. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, go ahead. By the way, I have everybody muted, so um, okay. they won't be able to speak out unless they raise their hand. So, so, then, so what we have here is the tax court is getting back to us, telling us that we have to – they're dismissing our case. They don't have jurisdiction mm-hmm. because we didn't pay – we didn't pay the um, filing fee. So what we're doing now is it's it's on Tad's. Um, you have you you have the right. Uh, well, it might be. It might not be. What are we talking about? Where they don't have to pay the sixty dollars. But I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, and I think we need to add a couple of the things. So number one. We need to tell them what we've been telling them, and then at the end of it, say, since they don't have jurisdiction, how can they tell us to pay the the filing fee? And then quote to them that. Because what's happening is they're pulling their hair out because they don't know what to do. I had two people call me today and got their liens released. Wow. So it's, it's, it's good. The problem is they don't know what to do because... Um, because what's happening is they're they're getting they're get, we're handing them their head and they're mm-hmm. they're upset by it because um, they don't know how to stop it now. It's got enough people doing it; they don't know how to stop it. Now, did that make any sense to you? Got it. Okay, so what we're going to do is if they don't have jurisdiction, okay, if they don't have jurisdiction because you didn't pay the $60, if they don't have jurisdiction, how can they tell you to pay the $60? So we want a more definite statement. See, they used to give us, they want a more definite statement, and they would they would make you give them a more definite statement. All right. So we're trying, to, we're trying to stay ahead of them. Sure. Just putting, just putting. I'm pretty good at coming up with ideas on how to put uh, to put things. What we're trying to do is just put put tripping things up so that they gotta they've got to work hard again to get to get get their grip. Because um, I had a guy he retired from the military. He called me. And they they took they're taking all of his um, retirement and they're taking all of his military pay. Whoa. Yep. So we have a a veteran that's retired, and now he can't get his military pay. And um, there's one more thing that I've been doing some research on, and I have it. It's the um, vagueness doctrine. If you ask a question and the question is vague, you're not you're not liable for the uh, the outcome. So when you ask them a question and they say, well, that's frivolous, that's vague, um, I'm trying to put that together to get it to you, Tad. I'll get it to you here in the next day or so. Okay. So what it is, is, like I said, I try to constantly stay moving on this so um, we can so we can keep, keep 
we just need to protect ourselves against what we have. Um, does any does anybody have a question they want to start with before really go in here? Area code five zero eight. Okay. Oh, where the hell did he go? He fell off. Oh, this talk shoe thing really sucks. Okay. Here code 508. Now I have to go through and search this whole thing. Okay. And he's still muted. All right. Now you're unmuted. There it is. Got it. I have a couple of thoughts and ideas to share maybe some information. Thinking about uh, the same issue, um, that they're obviously trying different things. I sent some stuff over to Ted where I got a reply from the IRS. And I'm sure I'm not the first one to get that reply, but going back and looking at some of the documents that I've had from the IRS, I got my IMF report back a year and a half ago, and nowhere on the IMF report does it state that a notice of deficiency was issued at any year. So what about sending them a a motion for leave to conduct discovery? Well, that's good. Um, I tried that, but that's good. I'm not telling you that what I do is good. But that's a good idea. You can try it. But I'm not sure that the tax court does discovery. But that doesn't mean they, do. that they won't. Okay, then, that, then there you go. That's a good idea. Now, you understand why. Go ahead. I was going to say, I went through all the rules. And, good. you know, there's a reply for, I mean, you can ask for a motion for a more definite statement. You can do yep. discovery. One of the things that they talk about in the rules is they would prefer to have each of the sides, respondent and petitioner, speak with each other beforehand, before doing it, but too bad. Just ask for leave of court to conduct discovery and see what they do. Right, and that more definite statement rule, do you remember which one it was? Uh, I don't offhand. I don't have the papers in front of me. All right. I just I can don't go get it what you want me to. Well, if you could get it and then just let let us know, that would be good. I'll we'll put it on Tad's uh, um, website. That way, when we do ask for a more definite statement, because of rule so rule whatever it is, see what we have to do is we have to get them like they used to do with us. We would challenge it and they never came back. The problem is the notice of deficiency and the notice of determination gives you a notice of lien. That's why it, that's why it doesn't, uh, they, they can't use them. They, if you have a lien, they monetize the lien. What they're doing is they're monetizing it as a lien, but it's a notice of lien. Therefore, that's why we're having so much trouble. See, it's not really a lien, but they're monetizing it as a lien, and so you're, the county's calling it a lien, and it isn't a lien. So everything is fraudulent all the way down the all the way down the pike. So what we're trying to do is just come up with a way to counteract what they're doing, 
so we have more tools to put forth. And what I told the guy this week, the reason this sounds so strange and so simple, you're no longer on defense. We're now on offense. And offensive hand signals or offensive moves look different than defensive moves. If you notice, the uh, attorneys, they're defense attorneys. See, they don't understand offense. As long as we stay on offense, we, I think we can we can uh, have pretty good success. If you give me a second here, I will find absolutely. Motion. Take your time. Take your time, and then cool. come back on. That would be great. It's rule now, fifty-one. Rule fifty-one. I appreciate that really well. So, rule fifty-one of the uh, the tax yeah, the U.S. Tax Court Rules of Civil Procedure. See, I was went to court and uh, for uh, I forget what it was for, and that wasn't a tax issue. When I got there, the attorney, the, the, the defense attorney or the prosecuting attorney, whichever he, I forget, he was I think he's a prosecuting attorney. Because we're here today on the Texas Rules of Civil Procedure. I objected to it. Judge says, "What are you objecting to?" Well, I thought I broke the law. He said, you did. Then why are we here for the rules? He said, we're here by Texas Rules of Civil Procedure. I want to go to the rules court. I have a chance there. Because if I broke the rules, then we got in about a 15-minute argument because he said, no, everything's done by the rules. Then tell me what rule I broke. When I'm going 70 in a 50, what rule did I break? You didn't break a rule. You broke the law. Then I want to be here by Texas Law of Civil Law. He said, we don't have such a thing. I said, so then I didn't. That, so then what are you telling me? You don't have jurisdiction? Now I had another 30-minute discussion. See, I break their cadence. They're used to just running it through. So what happens is if you're here by rule, rule 51, then we got to be in a rules court. See? And, and just remember, see, they're saying they have jurisdiction because they're there by rule 51. We're there because the law says. Anyway, it's just some thought that you guys I'm trying to throw out there for you. But we got several, I told you that, but we got several people that got their um, um, no, uh, order to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction because they didn't send the notice of deficiency or the notice of determination. Now, the, the other thing is that's the court order. There, there is a motion from the attorney that generated that. You need to keep that. If you don't have it, go back to the court and look it up. It'll be one of the ones you can't open and get, get a copy from the court of that also because that's actually what we're using, and that, that's giving us better traction than the, um, uh, the, order, the, the uh, order of dismissal by the court the actual motion to dismiss is actually better. It help. It seems to be helping us better because the IRS is actually telling us to do that, uh, to do it. Now, the other thing that we've ran into this week is we took our court order and we took the motion from the attorney and sent it to the Social Security Administration or to, to a, a guy's retirement. And then the person that we talked to on the phone after we sent it to him says, well, we can't make any moves until the IRS tells us to do so. Now, that was good news because then we asked, 
Well, since you can't make any moves until the IRS um, gives you some kind of documentation, show us the documentation that the IRS gave you to put a lien on me. Without fail, this week, every time they said, We're, we don't have to show you anything. So they're telling us they have to sh they have to have it. Then when we ask them for it, they're telling us they don't have to show it. In other words, they don't have it. So what we're having to do now we're challenging if you if you, if they if they've seized if they're um, if they're uh, leaning your social security, get your cover letter, send it to the social security, and then call them. They're going to tell you. We can't release it until the IRS tells us. Gotcha. I got a court order. The court order says they didn't have jurisdiction. Then show me what you've received from the IRS. I need to see that so I can have it fixed. See, it's never about you. It's never about me. What it's about is about the IRS making sure that they follow their own instructions. And so what we're finding out is Social Security won't show us anything. So then what we're having to do is now they're in contempt of court because they told me, well, we can't do what you want because the IRS hasn't told us yet. So, there, so in other words, if I pick up the phone and tell you that I'm an IRS agent, you can let that go, then what? He says, oh, well, I'm not talking to you anymore. So that's why we want to see it, to find out whether the IRS is what they're doing. When you find out that they, uh, Billy from the IRS uh, San Francisco called them, told them to do it. Now we've got somebody to hang our paperwork on. So, so what we're having to do is we're having to do a little bit of dancing with them, but we're we're still being able to release, get your liens released, and uh, and and or levies released because the IRS doesn't have a blank check. They still have to follow their own um, their own law. Carrie. Yes, go right ahead. Um, can I read a couple of things to you that may, you know, I keep trying to keep in the front of my mind that this is not about me. But That's right. In looking at this, there's a couple of things that may be of value, may not, I don't know. But Rule 36 is relative, it's, it's about answer. And it says that the answer, which is what, they're sending to a number of people, they're sending an answer that essentially says they deny for lack of sufficient knowledge, blah, blah, blah. Yes, so that's correct. It says here under form and content, the answer shall be drawn so that it will advise the petitioner and the court fully of the nature of the defense, which they do not do in their answer. Then it goes on to say, in addition, the answer shall contain a clear and concise statement of every ground together with the facts and support thereof on which the commissioner relies and has the burden of proof. Very important. Okay. Yes, I'm, oh, this, oh, no, I want to keep going. But that's a key. See, the, the, they're the moving party. The moving party has to uh, prove jurisdiction. When you say they don't have it, if they say we don't have to show you, they're the moving party. The law says they do, and there it is in Rule 36. Thank you. That's excellent. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Well, and this is where I agree with you that the two 
um, possibilities are either a motion for a more definite statement or uh, put in a request for discovery. I think that um, trying leave ask the court for leave to conduct discovery might be just as good as conducting discovery. It might, see, because now you've got another, you got one more angle. Because, yeah. um, see, what, what they're saying also is, and what's funny is they can dismiss your court case. They could dismiss it for not paying, but they can't yeah. say you don't have jurisdiction because jurisdiction is, they don't have authority. So they're saying we don't have authority because you didn't pay the, the, 30, uh, the $60. The problem is, they can't ask you because they already admitted they don't have jurisdiction. I hope that, that that's like an oxymoron. See, they're yeah. saying, "Well, you, didn't pay, you we we don't have jurisdiction uh, because you didn't pay the sixty dollars." That's backwards. They can't tell us to pay the sixty dollars because they already said they don't have the jurisdiction, which is authority. And see, now we can say, "I like that." We can go back there and I'll read it and put something together under uh, Rule Thirty Six. See, because what we're having to do is we're having to tighten up our paper. They, I'm telling yeah. you, they're losing yeah. their mind over this because <laughs> we're getting people. We're, because and and I like that. We're, we're actually helping people get their. You know, this isn't living. A man works for 40 years. He's not young enough to start back over. A man works for 40 years. The IRS says you owe us $35,000, and they go in and take $600,000 of his retirement. Now it doesn't matter what you do. You can't buy groceries anymore. See? Last week, the IRS sent a guy and said, we're taking 100% of your retirement. We're doing 100% levy. Now, how does the guy, how are you going to eat? In other words, because because they won't tell you what you have to do, they're going to starve you to death. Guess what that is? That's 1939 Germany all over again. Yep. See, that, that's why all these ideas you know, we're coming up with, or you came up with, and everybody else is coming up with, that's good, because we'll put that into a, if you have a motion that you've already done, if you can maybe email it to Tad, and then we sure. can, he, can get it, he can get it to me, then we can make some adjustments, and then we can, it, it'll be available for people, and what we have to do is we have to keep moving forward. See, we're smarter than they are. See, they, what they do is they just show up at your house with a baseball bat and say, do what I say or I hit you with the bat. Well, go ahead and hit me. I don't care, you know, because what I have now, is it's not living. In other words, if they're taking your retirement, they're taking your Social Security, and they're taking your um, military pay, so you, you're, you're 70 years old, you can't even buy a hamburger or, or you can't even buy a loaf of bread because you have no income. Why? They've taken it. Yet... You only owe you only owe them uh, twenty thousand dollars, or they say one guy told me today that they said that he owes one point eight million dollars at thirty percent. That's roughly two million. That means he made six million dollars in one year. See, that doesn't make any sense to me. How? Because he the man's on social security. I don't know. I don't know anybody on social security that makes six million dollars yet. They. Yet they're saying he owes one point eight million dollars. So they're seizing a hundred percent of his income. See, this is the but they're doing that because if you don't do what I say, I will destroy you. Well, this country wasn't built on that. And see now we're coming no. back at them 
with good stuff, we're on offense now. We're not on defense anymore. And they don't know how to handle it because they don't recognize the, the hand signals on the offensive line. <laughs> I hope that makes I hope that, but I like that, those rules, see. Um, well, I hope that was anybody, helpful. That's all I have for tonight. I think, well, I'm, I'm going to go in and look at it. And very good. Thank you. Thanks for the help. We appreciate it. I'll send that, I'll send right, that we, over. We have some more people with their hands raised. Okay. Four oh five area code. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Ted. Hi, Carrie. Uh, thank you for doing this stuff. Um, what do you think about using that um, uh, to that asking leave to conduct discovery in a case where they're not uh, ever ruling? We've 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 had our um, petitions in and the latest update is that we've submitted a revised petition and it's just been sitting there for like six weeks or well not six weeks about three four weeks um, do you think that motion to uh, get leave to conduct discovery is something that might move that along well it very well might you know it very well might because What's happening is they're not doing anything because they can't see. What's happened is they're caught. They're caught with their pants right. down. And now, they're, now they're saying, well, do you believe your lying eyes or do you believe me? They, well, I don't know. See, and so what we have is we have a conflict. See, you know, I can see. Uh, I saw a, a joke the other day where it shows a guy riding his bicycle up a great big long hill. He's pedaling his bicycle, and there's a bear chasing him. And, and the caption is, uh, meal, uh, meal on wheels. Well, see, that's what we have here. We're riding our bicycle, and they're, and they're, and they're coming after us with something that, I mean, give me a break. If I owe you, I'll pay you. But what are you trying to tell me, see? And, they, and then they won't tell you. So we've got this do, um, vagueness doctrine that we're going to try our best to put together so that we're constantly getting them on offensive move. And once we give them their offensive move, they don't know how to handle it because they've never, no one's ever been on offense with them before. Right. See, and so okay. I think that lead is, a, I'm going to look at that, but I don't, I don't take any, I don't throw anything away. I think that's a, sounds like once I look at it, let's try a half a dozen of them. That will tell us. You do it, and, okay. and then all of a sudden roll over on it. <laughs> okay, I like it. All Thank right. you. Thank you. I like it a lot. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Gersher, however you pronounce that. Your phone just unmuted. Go ahead. Is this yes. me? Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, Chuck got on there. We're both friends, and he basically was bringing up something. But I, what I've been listening to now probably throws out what I was going to bring up anyway. So we'll okay. let somebody else go to the next question. But, what? I, well, another thing I was going to ask is that I would – 
I sent and I got an answer back that it basically said that, you know, you didn't want to pay the fine, but the order said, order that petitioner amended petition is recharacterized as petitioner's letter. It further ordered that on the court's order on motion, this case is dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. But it didn't say anything about not paying the fine or anything else. Well, that's good. That's what you want. Now, if you need to, go back to the court under Rule, what did he say, 36, I think. We need a more definite statement. uh, You're telling me that you don't have jurisdiction. And is it? And we okay. We want you don't have jurisdiction because I never received a notice of determination or notice of deficiency. In other words, see now we have a way to let's tighten it up a little bit better. We have a ball of string and we're unraveling it on them, and they are not happy about it. They are not happy about it at all. They wanna. They're they're trying to. If you owe them twenty five thousand dollars and they reach twenty five thousand dollars and they stopped it. People wouldn't be like this. Like I told you, I had. They said I owe twenty-five thousand, and they took three hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars of my retirement. I can't go back to twenty years old and start over. So now my my retirement was twenty-eight hundred dollars a month. Now it's eight hundred a month because I lost three hundred and I lost three hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars. That's that that's huge. We got other people that's lost even more. So what gives them the right to take twenty-seven thousand and a penny if they say I owe twenty-seven thousand? And I asked them, "Well, how do I owe it to you?" Well, that's a frivolous question. Oh, I see. So it's frivolous. What's frivolous about it? I agree with them. It's frivolous. Is the whole thing frivolous or just mine? Just yours. Gotcha. How is mine frivolous? See, now I have a way to answer them. According to the uh, vagueness doctrine, what part of mine is frivolous? They can't answer it because it's not. So now I think with some of the tools we're putting together, we're going to make it real simple. We can send it in. And once we start that, we start pulling these lanes from these people, people will actually be able to start, um, you know, they'll be able to go somewhere and buy a car or put a tire on their car. And that really aggravates me. man works for 40 years at a plant, and he retires, and they go in there and they take his money. These companies are afraid of him, see? Well, I was just going to ask, though, if we go back and throw in rules back at them, are we going back on defense instead of offense? No, no we're on the offense because we want a more definite statement. I sent it to them. They denied it. So we went back and asked for a more definite statement on their on their ruling. The judge just said denied. So we said uh, finding of facts and conclusions of law. He said the federal the federal government doesn't have to give you one. So now what are we, where are we going to go from here? We're going to go back to well, the rule 36 says, if I ask, you have to answer. Now if they say denied, I'm going straight to the uh, appellate court with it. We're going to appeal it because they're vague. The vagueness doctor now will, see, in other words, I'm asking them to uh, um, um, tell me why is my uh, – why, why is it that they said what they said? They're saying they don't have to tell us. Well, that's vague. Now we, can, now we can take the vagueness doctors using the rules, go back to the United States District Court, tell the District Court we need a ruling. 
See, I don't know what they're going to do. Like I said, we're as you look at this stuff, this is really become this taking on a, a, a legs of its own. It's going in directions I didn't think it was going to go, but it's going there. And see, it's not good for them. It's good for us. Well, thank you. I just want to thank you for getting and doing this and bringing this to our attention because I'm really getting excited again about fighting the IRS. I really am. Yeah, yeah I know. It, 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 it's excellent because it's not that we're – I don't want to fight them, but I want to be treated fairly. What I don't like is I go to the grocery store and some guy walks up and sucker punches my wife. What was that for? Because she looks like a – because I can. Oh, Okay. Then you're going to just let your wife sit there and bleed to death? Why? Because you're afraid to stand up to the guy? What we're trying to do is give you tools that they won't show up at court. In other words, if you sue them and have to go to court, they're afraid to come to court because now we've got the, we've got the stuff that they have to answer, and they won't answer it. The judge will rule in your favor. Now we can go back and get our monies back. And, and see, now we can start getting paid. You know, if the IRS has to start paying people $50, $60 million dollars for every time that we go after them, they're going to say, you know, it ain't worth it. This ain't worth it. That's what we're going to try to do with them, see? Put them in a position where they'll go away. Very good. Well, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Hello? I'm going to ask another question. I'm going to ask it. Okay, if you have a question, you can answer, ask it. If you don't, I'm just going to yeah. ask another question. I, I've actually got um, a question and something uh, to add, I think. This is John. We spoke a few days ago uh, on okay. a three-way call with Tad. So on the tax court rules, Rule 90 looks like one you really want to know about. Uh, it says scope and timing. And... What I noticed that's real important about it, it says um, that there's time limits. So I'm just going to read a short piece. It says, request shall not be served before the expiration of 30 days after joinder of the issue, which what they're saying is that generally means when the answer is filed. So once the, once the IRS files their answer, you can't wait longer than 30 days to file your request uh, for discovery or interrogatories. That's what I'm reading. Okay. And then, okay, here's what, okay. Here's what, here's what I read in that. When does the 30 okay. days start? When does the 30 days start? It's according to this, if I'm seeing it right, it starts upon joinder, which they define in parentheses as meaning when the answer is filed. So I'm assuming they mean the IRS's answer. Okay. I look at that as, is. If you never received a notice of deficiency, then how do you know how do you know how much you owe until you get your determination? Once you get a determination, I can then see I would agree with that. My my problem with that is I didn't file. You gave me a notice of deficiency. You can't do an SFR, so the SFR is fraudulent. When does the time start? Because if they're using fraud, I hope that made sense. If they use fraud, fraud, you're not bound by fraud. So if, if, if your time starts tomorrow and I fraudulently brought the answer to you because I did an SFR, you know what I'm saying? The time can't yes. start. Okay, that's 
what I'm saying is we that's a good plan. We can bring all these things together. See, in other words, if you go back and look at the the tax court, the the IRS once the court order is given, they have 90 days to overturn it. The problem is the IRS's own attorneys are saying they didn't give it to you. So if they overturn it, then we can get the the attorneys for uh, perjury. Right. See, see, this has put them in a conundrum. They don't understand what's going on because of what they're doing. They're used to standing outside, throwing stuff at you, and what they're throwing at you has nothing to do with anything. See? So, Carrie, I'm in a I'm in a more yeah. difficult position, I think, than probably most of the people you've you've worked with. I'm guessing. So, what it's done is it's forced me to look really hard at how I'm going to handle it. So, to be specific, they did send me a notice of deficiency, but no, they here's didn't. the issue. No, they well, didn't. it was signed. Okay, so again. let me qualify. You're right. I agree they didn't. All right. They didn't send me an authorized notice of deficiency. They sent me a fraudulent okay. one. There you go. So when does fraud start? Well, if, if, can I just give you a little bit more and then tell me what you think? Sure. Cause I think I'm on to something here because they sealed my case because of what I'm about to tell you, So, which is extremely rare. So what I did is I went back and I said, okay, the 1998 – Internal Revenue Reform and Restructuring Act did a bunch of things, but one of the main things it did is it eliminated the position of the district director. That's printed in the Federal Register, and I have that Federal Register page. Now, here's the interesting thing. Under the Code of Federal Regulations, your notice of deficiency, notice of determination, assessments, substitute for returns, all have to be authorized by the district director, every single one of them. That's right. But they don't so have if, the, if the position's been eliminated since 1997, then how could anything be legitimate that they're putting out? There's so that, what I've done. So what I did is I went and got the definition of a district director. For, that's the top of the pyramid, so to speak. Next level down is I got the Federal Register pu- publication, uh, the the volume and page number. It says the IRS has eliminated the position of the district director, which includes service center director. So that means there's nobody to issue anything anymore. And then I got the, the the third level down. I think you'll find this very interesting. The reason Congress did that is because they said, okay, that's enough. You guys are being way too abusive. What we're going to do is we're going to hand all authority over to the tax inspector general. And anything you want to do, you have to get what's called a matching contract. So if TIGTA doesn't authorize the action, you can't do it. So I did, in my case, I did a Freedom of Information Act request. I've actually done about 180 of them. But I did one, and I said to both, I did one to the IRS and one to the TIGDA, and I said, was there a matching contract for a notice of deficiency, for an assessment, for a substitute for return? They both came back and said no. Signed in blue ink. So now one one last back door I want to close for you. One agent I was on the phone with said to me, well, the secretary can delegate. And I said, oh, really? So I said, well, you probably haven't looked at the amendment under 26 U.S.C. 6001 where it says the secretary cannot delegate to anyone. 
So now all the doors are closed. So I'm, I'm putting together my interrogatories and my admissions based on that information. And I just wondered what you thought. I think that's absolutely wonderful. If you don't mind, would you share that with Tad? Oh, of course. Or your FOIA? It's because, see, what we need to do is tie these pricks down where they can't move. They're inundated with hundreds of millions of these every day. So they run out of time. See? Right. If we do that, we'll shut them down. But with this going to the tax court, I made it as simple as I could, and we're getting really good um, um, court orders. Then the IRS says, well, we won. You lost. How'd you win? So they told me. So then we started adding the the court, uh, the uh, motion from the uh, IRS's own attorneys. Once you add that to it and then put the court, now now, now they're having trouble again. Now they're going back and say, well, uh, they're not really, that attorney doesn't work for us. They said they were the lead attorney. So now we're going after them and we're telling them that they're in perjury. We want their bar card. So they, they're pulling their hair out. They, they don't know what to do. See, once you hit them with something, they're going to answer it and it's going to be wrong. So then what we're doing is we're putting together a paperwork trail leading right to that door. See, we, right. We, and, and so what we did is a guy got, they, they said they were taking 100% of his Social Security. How can they do that? They said, because you owe us money. No problem. According to the IRS, it says you don't have jurisdiction to say that. So he said, the IRS agent says, no, that's not what it says. So then when we shared him the five-page document from the uh, attorney, he said, they don't work for us. So in other words, the attorney says, I'm the lead attorney over the IRS. He comes back and said, they're not. Now what are they going to do? You've got one saying that they work there and one says they don't. Now we're going to the United States District Court saying, hey, somebody's here. Look what we got. How do you expect me to do anything when you got three or four different people telling us completely different things? Then the other day I got the um, vagueness doctrine. See how vague that is? And so with, with, so with your FOIA, if you can give us a FOIA, maybe we can start hitting them with the FOIA, have it right. Then, then we can get the documents we need to show what they're doing. Yes, go ahead. So, so let me. I'm sorry. I, I just I I've been planning this conversation for two days because I'm I'm so anxious to help people win. I don't even care about money anymore. I just want to help people win. And so the only thing that I've ever done that made these people stop, just temporarily, is I would say to I would put in my letters. I think I think you're violating 26 USC 7214 paragraph one. That's the only thing I've ever got that made them stop. And what that says is, so that's the that's the code that discusses six possible areas, seven, I'm sorry, possible areas for criminal conduct of a revenue agent or, and this is a lot of people miss this part, a U.S. employee who's acting on behalf of the revenue laws, which would include a U.S. Right. marshal or a CID agent or anybody or even a judge. And so 7214 says this is a criminal offense, number one. 
willful oppression under color of law. So if you right. do your FOIAs, okay, so we're going to do, here's the FOIAs. The FOIAs are, um, where's the delegation order uh, for the notice of deficiency from the district director? And in it, you include the federal register pages that show the de district director has been eliminated. Right. So now there's they no way for them to... Right. And you put a sentence in there. You'll see. I'll have all this in there. You put a sentence in there that says, your failure to answer shall, shall serve as incontrovertible evidence that no such delegation authority ever existed. So you, you're putting them in a box. The next one is they have a proof of claim form, 4490. Yes. So you do a yep. FOIA for the completed proof of claim form. It will always come back signed and blowing because I've done it twice. And, right. and it always, they'll always write you back and say, we have no record of a proof of claim. Imagine that. Yes. See, that's why when you ask Tommy Denver received a notice of deficiency or a notice of determination, see, that's your proof of claim right there. There's your claim. Right. If they never gave it to you, they don't have a claim. But that's what we're doing. And see, that's a good way to do it. What we're trying to do is get to them through the back door if we have to. So I'm thinking the, a, a good, I'm sorry, go ahead, Carrie. No, what we're trying to do is just what you're saying. We're just trying to get that, see, when you're on defense, you wait till they move. If we move first, they're, they're, they're in trouble because they don't right. have proof of claim. And see, every, and, and what's nice about this, what you said is, they're telling us, they're saying it. I'm not, I'm not having to say anything. Okay. Mm. So if you're if if you're saying if we say to them, show me the proof of claim, we don't have one. They made that. That's what they said. You don't have a proof of claim, and you don't have a notice of deficiency or a notice of determination. That I want I want my money back because you took it without jurisdiction and with and we may have to add to our thing. And a proof of claim. Go for the proof of claim first, and then do your part. Two. Anyway, your two. But I think if you get your part two, your form two, and they come back and say they don't have jurisdiction, then go and get your proof of claim. Now you—that's why they don't have it. See, now you're pointing everything to the same direction. So I got a question for you. This is just hypothetical. If you were yeah. to do discovery, and for the people listening, let, let me, because uh, I, I know you know this, but for the people listening, interrogatories are questions that you ask. For example, what is the exact volume number, page number, and section number of a statute at large enacted by Congress pursuant to Article 1, Section 7 of the Federal Constitution, which means it has to be signed by Congress and the Senate, which created a liability against me that you can testify to with personal first-hand knowledge. That's an interrogatory. That, that's correct. Now, now an admission in, is a yes or no. When you're doing a request for admissions, you just a simple one would be: Did did you have authority? Do you, does anyone in the IRS have personal first-hand knowledge of an act of Congress that authorized a notice of deficiency to be it, it issued against me? Yes or no? That's that's admissions. So what I'm thinking is I want to begin mine with pursuant to 26 U.S.C. 7214 paragraph 1. 
because now I'm putting them on God that if they do anything under color of law, they've committed a crime. Right. And I'm just wondering what you think of that. Um, well, I, I've never used it that way. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I've never used it. Okay. I started doing. I started going to the tax court. Maybe we should go into the tax court and say they they don't have a proof of claim under seventy two fourteen, and then ask the tax court because the tax court will then contact the commissioner. The commissioner can't say he did it. If he did, that might be something we incorporate on our um, form two. So everyone should go on to YouTube, um, Google and Google for IRS Form 4490. Now, I'm going to tell you something I'm sorry. really valuable. 4.90? 4. 4490, IRS Form 4490. Yep, that's, a, that's their proof of claim. What's powerful about it, and this is really important, it's the only assessment form that requires them to sign under penalty of perjury. There you go. That now that see that we can put that we can add that. Um, yeah, that would, now that would probably be a good thing to do. Now I got something to add to that that's important, and I'll give this to Tad. When I was when I was going through my court thing, the DOJ, you know, because they the only thing they know how to do is lie. They don't even they couldn't tell the truth if if it meant their life, right? So they lied to the court and they said that the proof of claim form only applies to bankruptcy and estates. Okay. So I went in and I, I did my research and I put in paperwork that showed it applies to nine other types of taxes. And that's another reason they sealed the case. Do you realize the ramifications? Carrie. If, if, yeah, go ahead. Carrie. You're making a lot of noise. You're shuffling around and moving or something. Okay, I'm, I was. Um, I had to move from one room to another, and the floor's loose here. Okay, let me sit down. On I'm sitting at the desk. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, go ahead, Kevin. So I was just saying, I have a document that took me many weeks that I used to prove in, to add to assert as proof in court that the proof of claim form is not limited to bankruptcy in a state. That's just a bald faced lie. But the most important thing is that you can get a FOIA back from the IRS signed by an IRS employee saying there was no proof of claim on the record at the IRS. That's the most important thing. Maybe we should be doing the tax court and the FOIA at the same time. Well, what I was thinking, based on that earlier guy's great suggestion, was doing a motion uh -huh. for leave to obtain evidence from the IRS. You don't so, have to specify that you're doing it through the FOIA department. Right. So if uh, you do that, what's to, what's to stop the tax court from just saying, no, you haven't paid the filing fee? Well, that's not my expertise. <laughs> I don't know that one yet. Yeah, Other we come than back, what, we come back to that issue, Kerry. Yeah, you could do all this in FOIA, discovery, interrogatories, but denied until you pay the filing fee. 
So people are getting denied because of the filing fee? Oh, yeah, left and right. Yes. But see, here's the problem. They don't have jurisdiction because of the filing fee. If they don't have jurisdiction, they can't tell you what to pay. So they're going to have to change the way they do it. Carrie, Carrie, see, you're moving around, and when you do, your, your microphone's creating a lot of noise. Okay. If, if they don't have jurisdiction then they can't tell you to pay $60. So what I did with that, and and not to assume I know anywhere near what you know, Carrie, but what I did with that, because it just made sense to me, is I used the template, but at the bottom I added, um, another reason is um, equality, because you have given, you have, waive the filing fee for many, many others in the same like manner as my case. Yes, you can do that too. Because how can they single me out? Right, that, well, that, I agree with that. And see, we've got, I didn't realize this was gonna grow like this. You know, I did it because I was, you know, I was being hammered hard. So I thought I was the only guy out there that had an IRS problem. So once I did this and started getting this court order and was able to overturn the the IRS, I thought, well, shoot, let's just give this away and see how many people have a problem. Well, according to the IRS, they're getting 6000 a week. 6000 a week going through one of the one of the one of the uh people that called me said that he got a letter from the IRS and they called him on the phone and said we don't understand why you're doing this because we used to do 60 of these a year now we're getting 6000 a week now he may have been lying i don't know and he said 6000 or 600 6000 they used to get 60 a year now they're getting 6000 a week in that office So now they have to do something because they're going to bleed out. They, they're going to have to hire more people just to keep up to, to doing these. But um, I think we need anyway. to get it up to sixty thousand a week. Oh man, a hundred thousand! I don't care. <laughs> it's a good idea. I mean, I don't care. That's why. That's why. If you go, if you go on Tad's, uh, you you have the right dot com you'll see Very the good. forms they're simple download them and and mail them on and let's wait mail it off if it goes through that's fine i did my daughter's uh, and she called me i'm in michigan because my father died and and she's in texas she called me yesterday and says dad i got something from the irs i mean from the uh uh, tax court. She read it to me. She got one, and it says it was dismissed for lack of jurisdiction because they didn't give her a notice of deficiency or notice of determination for years 2000 to 2017. So hers went through real clean. They're still going through that way, but what we just have to do is we have to be able to help those that get something back that says you didn't pay the filing fee. We need to just jump on that because once you get this thing from the IRS and they don't have jurisdiction, all this other stuff now we can we can just start piling on. 
Terry, can I ask you one? one? Okay, so if, if you can, make it quick because uh, we got people piling up with questions. Just one super quick question. If yeah. all the stuff I said put aside, how would you handle um, if, the, if the IRS did respond and said, well, yeah, we did issue a, a notice of deficiency. Here's the certified mail. Here's the person okay. signing for it. They can't. They can't because they can't give you a, See, <clears throat> then they would – okay, then they're going to say – that's why you got your lien. You don't have a lien. You have a notice of lien. They're monetizing a notice of lien. That's a counterfeit security. That's where the problem is. Because, see, you make the lien valuable. Who makes a notice of lien valuable? Nobody. They're monetizing your notice of lien as a lien. That's why they keep doing it. So okay. the reason they're doing it is because you got a notice of lien, notice of uh, I mean, you got a notice of de uh, determination, I mean, a notice of deficiency, a notice of determination, a notice of lien. That See, none of those, that's all incorrect. You have to get a 23C. A 23C is where the IRS says, I certify that, that, that this is true. I have proof of it. They send it to a judge. The judge signs it. Then the judge sends it to the county or sends it back to the IRS and then they send it to the county. So a 23C has to be done in order for you to get a lien. So what they've done is after the fact came up with the notice of uh, uh, de de determination, notice of deficiency, notice of lien. Then they send it to the county. The county doesn't have a notice of lien listed, so but they have a lien, so they just file it as a lien. So the whole thing so that is incorrect. So that's the bottom line here is that yeah. all of their notice of deficiencies are fraudulent because there's no signed 23C behind it. There it is. That's correct. The no, if okay. You go online, Thank you. The 23C, yes, the 23C is what's, is what's missing. Wow, that's great. Thank you. Uh -huh. All right. Thank you. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. Me. Thank you. Please do, and we'll get with Tad on that. Okay, I just muted him. Okay. okay. Next is four zero one area code. Go ahead. Four zero one, your line just unmuted. You had your hand raised. Go ahead. I, I'm four zero one. I was just talking. <laughs> ah, crap. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> hey, Tad, we're gonna get a new mod a moderator. <laughs> No, uh, we're gonna get a new talk shoe. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, if you have any questions, hit star two. We have somebody from the five hundred eight area code. Go ahead. Oh, I said that and four people just showed up. Oh crap! What the hell? Jeez. Okay. Uh, So messed up. Okay, while you're hold messed on, up, hold, hold, I'm no, 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 hold on, no, don't, don't talk. I'm trying to find somebody to. Um, okay, so eight two eight. Go ahead. You're. Uh, I'm going to mute you and unmute you. God damn it. Eight two eight. There we go. Go ahead.
shoot, just frickin' sucks. Okay, 828, go ahead, please. Area code 828, I just unmuted you, please go ahead. Did you mute your phone? Okay, screw it. Okay, so we'll just go on to someone else. Uh, 714 area code. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Chad. Hi, Carrie. Hello. Can you hear me? Go Hi. ahead, please. I can. I have a, I have a thought on a remedy on getting that uh, order to pay the $60. And a wise friend of mine took a look at that and gave me an idea. And uh, they brought up that everything stops at the first defect, that that, you know, I was trying to find, is it a maxim? Is it a federal, uh, you know, code of regulations thing? Or is it contract law? And he said, take a look at this order that you got. He said, read it to me. And I said, uh, this case may be dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. Stop <laughs> for failure to pay, the, to pay the $60 filing fee. But what they brought up is the first, the, everything stopped at the first defect, which is for lack of jurisdiction. Now, trying to prove that is, is a whole nother thing, but it was a very interesting point. Okay? And, um, you know, if it comes to the dismissal, that's, that's what it's going to end up saying. It's going to say... Uh, uh, dismissed for lack of jurisdiction, stop, for failure to pay the $60 filing fee. And if everything stopped at the first defect, um, it may even be a valid letter. What do you think of that? It is. We've used them before when I first started this. It is. But what the IRS started saying is, well, the reason they don't have jurisdiction because you didn't pay the filing fee, so nobody would have it. That's what I'm telling you. So that's what okay. we're going back now. We're going back now saying, if you don't have jurisdiction, as you said in your letter, then you can't tell me to pay the $60. We want a more definite statement. And then we send it off. We're okay. So we're asking okay. for a more definite statement because it says jurisdiction. They could, di they could dismiss it for not paying it, but they cannot give you no jurisdiction for not paying it because that, now they lose their jurisdiction. So then, the, anyway, I hope that made sense. Yeah, it does. And then there's a second idea. I, you know, this is for those that do UCCs. What about um, since since the notice of levy is done on your name, the person name, why can't you put it on your own UCC and claim it as the priority security interest on it? And then that sucks all the potential money out of it that they think they can get by monetizing it. Why can't you claim it for yourself? And from there, you can assign it to your own indemnity bond or just hang on to it, just lock it up, suck all the incentive out of it for them. It would probably take noticing them of it, but I believe you have the right to do it if it's in your person name. Okay, you're asking me something that I don't have any experience on UCC. I've never had any luck with it. I'm not saying it okay. wouldn't be it. 
I mean, I, that may be the answer we're looking for. That could be the piece of the puzzle we're looking for. I don't have any experience there. And and so if if you okay. have a UCC expert, maybe we can talk to him. That may be the piece of the puzzle we need. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand the UCC. I tried doing it in the past, and it came back to bite me pretty hard. Mm, fair enough. Well, thank okay. you. Okay. All right. You bet. Shit. Eight oh five. Okay, 805. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, Ted. Hi, Carrie. It's Russ. Uh, go ahead. Can you hear me? Can, can, yes, can please. Me? Go ahead. Uh, do you want... I also received a letter of denial. Um, do you want me to just wait until we can come up with a game plan, or what? what can I do? What should I do? Okay, a denial of what? Um, you said a letter of denial. Does it just say denial and that's it? In other words, you didn't give me enough information to even answer that. Well, it's just titled their their answer. Um, says on the back page, uh, wherefore it is prayed that the relief sought in the petition be denied. And they list uh, nine different uh, little sections that they go into saying um yeah, that's just the attorney. Right, that's the attorney. That doesn't mean anything. The only thing that matters is from the court. You can go in there and answer it if you want to, because now you have the opportunity to do it. But look at what they're denying. Sometimes it's they say admitted, number one's admitted, number two's denied, number three's denied, and then they just say we uh, we, we we move this court to uh, deny this, and then and then the court comes back and makes its ruling. So if you want to go in there okay. and put something else in there, that's fine because they're giving you the opportunity. You don't have to do it as a – you can just do it as a motion, you know, like they did, put the motion at the top or that what you're doing at the top and then go in there and say, uh, you know, uh, they're denying – Whatever they're denying, I still never received a notice of deficiency, and I never received a notice of determination. Therefore, no matter what they say, I still didn't get it. See, and according to 6212 and 6213A, I have to get one. And the reason you have to get one because they don't do a 23C anymore. Don't get into the 23C with them because that's you're running down the wrong path. But go back and just tell them, you never received a notice of deficiency. I never received a notice of determination. So I want this case dismissed for lack of jurisdiction because, and then then list it again, I never received a notice of deficiency or notice of determination, and then put it and then answer it. Then the court will make its ruling. Okay. that answers your question. Well, not exactly. Basically, what you've hit on what they've sent me. Um, they admit to a couple of things, and then they deny a couple of things. And in the end, they go, okay, well, we're denying this petition. Okay, so what you said before is, do I have to respond, or can I just let it lay? Yes, you can do either. But if you do I can respond, do you can do either. You don't have to do anything, and the court will determine what they're saying. Or you could go back and say, number one, they denied. But I never received a notice of determination. I never received a notice of de uh, a deficiency for years 2000 to 2017. 
They admitted, so you leave that one out. Were they denied? Just go back and say, they're denying number three. I still never received a notice of determination. All we're doing, when we hammer that home, we seem to get better uh, responses because they can't do them. Yet, the statute says they have to do them. 6212 and 6213A says they have to do them. Yet, they have to do a 23C. See, they're in a conundrum. We've now got them pinned down. We've now got them in the corner, and they don't know how to do this because now we're pushing, we're pushing back real hard. Okay, Carrie. So uh, it, it, uh, this is not my expertise. Okay, um, writing stuff like that is not really my expertise. So if I can just let this lay, if it's okay to just let it lay, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Well, the court will eventually. The court will will rule on it the court will rule on it okay so so in other words what you have go ahead go ahead go ahead well you go ahead the attorney that's just the attorneys telling the court what they want them to do see the court hasn't made the ruling yet okay so in other words the court still like you said the court still has to make a ruling and also, yes. I still might get I still might get a phone call from them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, the, I started the 31st of May, so maybe the line's gotten longer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it, like I said before, I, I, this is not my expertise to start writing, and you know, to them, and if I can let it lay. I'm letting it lay and let them decide on what to do then. Okay, then we can go back and adjust it then if that's what you want. But, you know, this isn't my expertise either. It's just something I, I, I stumbled upon. And all I'm doing is trying to give, trying to give you t- tools to work with. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, okay. I'll let you go. Thanks, Dad. All right. Thank you. Okay. Stupid talk shoe. In skills. Go ahead. In skills, you're from. Go ahead. Can you hear me? You can. Go ahead. Go ahead. uh, Carrie, I received a letter from the Department of Treasury telling me that there was no such thing as a 2358C letter that I had been requesting. Okay. Do you have mine? I have yours, yes, sir. And a matter of fact, write him I a letter. You the, the same letter. Then write, write him a letter and say, since there's not one, what is this? I want this letter because they don't have jurisdiction. So just use that letter. I got my name off of it. I've got it sterilized well enough that they don't know who it is. Okay. Um, would you be able to form it? I say I have that, but could you forward it to me again? Yes. Uh, who is this? Travis. Okay, yeah, I, th- I thought I recognized you. I'll send it to you tonight. I'll send you another one tonight. Okay. And then I'll respond with that. Letter. Yes, and then just respond with it saying, since there's not one, how did this one happen? See? Okay. I can do that. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Thank you. No, no problem. No problem. No problem. You're so stupid. 
stupid. We'll try 828 area code one more time. 828, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Did you mute your phone by any chance? Hello, 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 hello. There we go. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hey, Carrie, it's Tori from North Carolina. How are you tonight? Oh, man, if I was any better, I would be twins. That's fantastic. Hey, so I had a meeting with uh, those two uh, IRS agents in um, North Carolina. And it mm-hmm. was a, a very it was a very interesting meeting, and I asked lots of questions per your suggestions. And um, they told me when I asked them who made the assessment on my taxes, they said that I did. And when I asked them who monetized the notice of levy, they said I did. And I said, how did I do that? Yeah. And they said, well, your, your employer is. your employer sent. Uh, these W-2s to us stating that you had wages for these years and um, you didn't file until February of this year and then you claimed that you had no wages. I said, because I don't. And they said, well, then you're going to have to... That's the wrong answer because the 1040 is not a wage uh, form. It's an income form. You can have all the wages you want. The problem is you don't have any income. You might have wages. See? Okay. Do you know what income income. is? Do you know what income is? Income is measured in dollars. No. Okay. Let me give you where it says Title 31, Section 321, D as in dog, number 2, says for purposes of federal income, then they define it for you. Okay. That's Title 31, Section 321. Section 3281. Nope, nope. Section 321. D is in dog, two. You put that in your computer, okay. it'll pop right up, and it'll say, for purposes of federal income, then they'll define okay. it for you. See? See, right. it's a, 40, a 1040 is a income tax return. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. So there were several questions that they didn't ask um, in any kind of a correct manner when I asked okay. them for their for their pocket commission. Uh, yep. She she gave me hers and it was administrative and compliance and he said that his was as well but he didn't have his because his was left in the hotel room. They both told okay. me that they worked for the federal government, and uh, they asked me to sign a whole bunch of stuff, and I signed absolutely nothing. And okay. then um, on yesterday, I received a notice from the office uh, with her wet ink blue signature on it that said it was a release of a levy, or the release of property from a levy, but right. now they've decided instead of taking a thousand fifty seven dollars out of my paycheck every two weeks, they're gonna take eight hundred and twenty five dollars because that's the they national wanna... average. Okay, that's great. At least you've got now you've got a you're in moving in the right direction. Now you have their name and their number. Have you got your co- uh, court order yet? 
I did receive um, a letter from the court on the 30th telling me that I didn't send in a filing fee. I immediately turned that letter around and added the docket number that was attached to it, sent it back, certified, signature request, attention, the clerk of court who wrote me the letter and uh -huh. cited, Supreme, cited Supreme Court law on the petition that uh, no filing fee was required and even added another Supreme Court case. That's and great. And added to the cover letter, I added, um, you know, equality under the law. See? Now, now you're in the right direction. So what will happen when you get that back? Then you'll have to answer that. It may, this, the problem we're having, see, you're now on offense. It makes you feel better. You're now on offense. You're not on defense. They don't know how to handle it. You're going to give them a certain length of time, give them 30 days. If they don't answer you, do a fault on them. Tell them they're in fault with the right to cure and then do a default and say, return my money. See, because okay. they, when you're on offense, they don't know what to do with it. Again, I'm saying you're making hand signals on offense and they'd never right. seen them before because they've been on defense so long. See, right. and if you, if you, okay. So, so what you're trying to do is you're trying to answer their questions. And, and by the way, you did real well. See, when you start asking them questions and, and, and what you, all you really need to do, the best thing, if you ever have a meeting with the IRS, take a bunch of gobbledygook on a piece of paper and it doesn't matter and just put on the bottom signature and draw a line. Say, here, sign my pad. All this is, is see, or make questions as you go. If they say to you, well, we don't sign nothing. Okay, here, sign it. I always say ditto. And, just, and that's all I tell them. If they won't sign my document, I won't sign theirs. I'll be glad to sign right. it. See? And it puts them, in, again, it just makes them feel uncomfortable. See, if they're an A and they're an, if they're an administrative agent and they told you they were, how can an administrative agent have collection? Because see, there is no collection um, statute in Title Twenty Six. Well, and I told them, I said, so so Title Twenty Six is is where you all live, right? And they, he said, oh well, the titles don't really matter anymore. And okay. he just kept talking then, around in a little bit circle, right. telling me that he was like a a, a, a parking meter made. He could hand out tickets across the fifty states if he wanted to. There you go. And I say, well, and, and then and then good. and then and then he said, and then he said to me a half a dozen times or better that, uh, you know, what we're doing is not criminal. And finally, I just said to him, I said, oh, you don't think so? You don't think that stealing eighty-four percent of my paycheck is criminal? And he said, right. no, it's the law. We we pay taxes. You you gotta pay taxes. Wait a minute. See that? I cheat on my wife, so you have to cheat on your husband. Huh. See? I don't ever... See, he's saying that he's like a parking maid. Okay, well, the parking maid can't take me to court and can't testify and can't... That's see, right. Again, make, That's right. Put, down what you, put down what you remember and then write a letter. Honor about such and such a day. We had a meeting. Here's what you said. And send it to him. Now you got a record. Yep. See? And then what you're going to do is is just the, uh, if you, anybody on the on the on the call, if you ever have to go to a summons, they're the most exciting thing you do. Take a pad, and then when they ask you a question, when they answer, just write it down on your pad. At the end of the at the end of the summons, 
They're going to say, well, here, I want you to sign this. You say, no problem. I want you to sign this. We don't sign it. Ditto. See, you're not refusing to sign. You're following suit. So it must be a reason not to sign or you would sign it. See, and right. so what everything, see, everything that we, I try to do is I try to just present it. So let me ask you a question. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Go right ahead. Okay. Have you stopped kicking your neighbor's dog? That's a good question. See? I didn't know anybody was. <laughs> See, you're defending a negative. That's very difficult. That's what we're trying to do to them. Oh, so you won't sign this? No. There must be, man, there must be a reason not to sign it. Well, here, sign this one. No, I'm going to do the same. I take the same thing you take. Whatever it is that you're using for reason, that's my reason, too. See? You sign this, I'll sign that. No problem. See, but when you say, I won't sign, they're saying, well, she's belligerent. And now that's a whole different game, see? I'm not like right. I just, I'm really, I'm, see, I'm just real nice with them. And I'm so glad we're here today. This, you know, so anyways, that, you know. So, I, 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 I did that, just like you said, you know, going you, yes, you did. With, smile, with smiles all, all the way over. I was singing The Wizard of Oz, you know, trying to think of them <laughs> as cartoon characters. That's and right. uh, I, I told them that I was really happy that they had, you know, taken the time to sit with me today. And then when I got up and left an hour later, they were like, well, you don't want to, you know, take a look at this? And I was like, no, that's okay. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. See? I, did, I did not want to sign that wage statement. Right. They, they wanted me to fill. They wanted me to fill out a whole bunch of documentation and 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 get in bed with their little payment program. Right. Everybody that's on this. All you have to do is look up Title 31, Section 321, D as in dog, 2. Print it out. It defines it defines income. See, your wages is wages income. According to the income statement, it's not. See, also, if you, you know, when you go to those meetings, uh, take a 1040 with you and take a 1040 booklet. There's a couple of areas in there that you can highlight and hand it to them, let them read it to you. It tells you in their booklet you're not required to file a tax return. It says it in their right. own booklet. See? And so I just give them their own stuff. What we're trying to do is instead of going to the to the world court, you know, and all that, and, and uh, going in there as a sentient or a living, breathing soul, just go in there as yourself and don't worry about it. Whether it's all caps or not all caps, that's that's irrelevant because it's not about you. See, they can't they can't do what they're doing, then they can't do what they're doing. But good congratulations and uh, you, you did you did well. We'll see if you have if you have any problems or they come back and get back to you, just get with Tad and then I'll help you and Tad, oh, Tad will help you with what what we need to do. Thank you, sir. Thank you for calling. And no, thank you for calling in. Thank you. And don't to you and your family. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, so we go to 401 area code. Go ahead, uh, Chad, I, I, I spoke earlier, so I don't want to be selfish. If there's other people, I just think I have something No, it's um, just valuable. you. Right yeah. now, it's just you. Okay, so good. Um, so I just was going through the Internal Revenue Manual, and I know Carrie said earlier, not to use the 23C as an argument, but I think it's, it might be helpful to know 
I found two sections of the Internal Revenue Manual where it says it must be signed. Okay, see, there you go. See, uh, if you will, would you send those to uh, Tad? That way we're going to yep, put, I, if you will, because will that way we're just trying to build a where they, people can find everything that they need. Because most of the time when you have to go to a meeting with them, you don't have a lot of time to prepare. That way you can take this and get yourself prepared. See, they have to sign it. But in Title 26, Section 60, 65, tells them how they have to, how, in other words, what is a signature? It defines what a signature is in Title 26, Section 6065. If it doesn't have that on it, it ain't, it, it's an improper uh, form. It's not signed proper. Thank you for that, by the way. I appreciate yep, that. Thank you. Yep, I'm all, I'm all done. I'll send it right now. And Carrie. Thank you so much. Carrie, I sent a lot of stuff to you, and I don't when, hear back I, from you, uh, like through the course of the week. Well, I yeah, well, my phone's not working. Yeah, my phone's not okay. working real good. I'll go through, look at it tonight, and I'll try to answer it tonight for you. Thank okay, you. Well, yeah, well, people send stuff. And so, I Okay. Um, Man, how time flies when you're having fun. Yep. Well, I, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. I hope so everybody gonna... enjoyed themselves and I hope they learned something. Yeah, everybody's muted, so... All right, well, we're going to call it an evening. So, Carrie, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.